I wouldn't be living within my integrity or serving my community well if I didn't expose you to guests like we have here today. Sometimes we can be light and a little fluffy here on Direction Not Perfection, but today we're going to dive deep. We're going to tax your brain, and my promise is that it will all make sense and it'll be worth sticking around. I'm also going to summarize a few key points here before we start the interview. Let's give a gentle reminder that we are complex beings and that our body is all connected. Yes, you've heard me talk about this before and bring on guests to talk about this. We've spoken to physical therapists, chiropractors, orthopedists, treating the whole body as a whole. And why? Because if we don't, If we continue to just look at the back when talking about back pain or just look at the foot when talking about foot pain, we could be missing the root cause of pain, the actual part of the diagnosis that may fix everything or at minimum may improve everything. Today, I bring you a physician that is specialized in viewing the entire environment, the entire body. He is going to speak into and educate on the ideas of what can trigger, stimulate, support, and fuel disease states such as cancer, diabetes, heart disease. And I cannot wait to introduce you to Dr. Nathan Goodyear because he believes so strongly in treating every patient as an individual, always providing hope, empowering his patients to steer their own wellness. And I ask you, do we manage our wellness well? I'd I'd venture to say that most of us could probably improve. Do we need a little course correction within our health habits to keep the most positive environment possible to prevent disease? I'm guessing yes. Dr. Goodyear believes that garbage in, garbage out is real. He would like us to look at our food intake as a love language to our genetic code, to our DNA. There is so much good stuff layered into this interview, and I just I challenge you to listen through, maybe the first time just with open ears and an open mind, and then come back through and grab that pen and paper and take some notes. Yes, you are going to hear me this whole year encourage you to be a note taker, and feel free to get sick of me saying this. I'm not stopping. <laughs> if you would like some inspiration and hope on doing wellness well today, stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author. I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I want to change generational thinking, no more all or nothing mentality, get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction Not Perfection. All right, I am thrilled to introduce our Direction Not Perfection podcast community today to Dr. Nathan Goodyear. Dr. Goodyear's passion for wellness began with his own 100-pound post-college football career weight loss. Dr. Goodyear is currently the medical director of a holistic, integrative cancer healing center in Arizona, where he uses the principles and science of holistic, natural, and integrative therapies to treat and heal people with cancer. Welcome, Dr. Goodyear. A pleasure and great to be on your show. 
Oh, seriously, we're so honored to have you today. And I'm just want to jump right into this conversation. Uh, give us your story. I mean, from football player to <laughs> integrative health, give us that journey. You know, that's interesting because I, I ask all of my patients when they come in, tell me your story. Tell me your journey. Because when, when you look at life, that's really what it is. It's a journey. And it's only in retroflect that you can actually see how the road's been laid out for you. Um, I played college football and uh, played at about 285, 290 pounds. I actually played center. A lot of people think I played wide, uh, wide receiver. I tell them, no, I'm too slow for that. Um, so what began my transition there, as soon as I figured out I was too slow to play in the NFL, was that um, two of the guys I played with as offensive linemen died within five years when we finished of massive myocardial events. And so that for me was kind of a wake up call. And then about that time too, you know, the process of, you know, family and, and that kind of stuff, knowing I wanted to be around for my family, um, there began a transition that really, it began in my residency, where I actually ended up uh, moving towards wellness in terms of my own personal journey, losing weight, actually, probably losing too much weight, got all the way down to 172. And uh, from that process, then, as I got into private practice, I, I started to discover very quickly that a lot of what we were taught in conventional medicine, I actually got to see that some of it worked and some of it didn't. You know, what conventional medicine does really well is they teach how to manage acute stressful situations, you know, heart attacks, automobile accidents, you know, they, they manage that well, but what they don't do is they don't manage wellness well. And what I mentioned to you earlier is that that word disease that we often talk about literally means the lack of wellness. So for me, the focus was restoring the wellness. So it began in the integrated movement as it so often does with hormones. And then from that standpoint, cancer just continually reared its head in with my patients, in with my research, in with my writings, in with my talkings. And then when I developed my tumor of my own, that was really the final straw that I knew what my calling, my bold mission was. It was to take a natural, holistic, and integrative approach to people with cancer, not to just treat cancer, but to restore their healing capacity to achieve wellness, because that's what they're after. So interesting. So this has definitely been a journey for you. Um, it was interesting when you and I first jumped on before we hit record, I was like, I have a favor to ask out of you. I come from this wellness spot, definitely a little more weight management, you know, thriving to be our best selves. And you're like, Lindsay, we're talking about the same thing. <laughs> and it's what you're describing right now is that you really, you can't have the conversation about what, well, I don't care if it's cancer, diabetes, heart disease, you name it it all comes back to wellness, which you're talking about. So I really, I want to know your passion behind making that leap from, like you were saying, the conventional medicine. What have you noticed? Because you, you obviously pull from your conventional learnings and then you sit in this integrative holistic spot. Can you kind of give us some day in, day outs of what have been, I guess, passion driven, but also aha moments or things that you wish our audience would hear from you today? Yeah, I think one thing that's very important that I think the general public and the medical community at large doesn't know whether that's, you know, 
by intention or not, is that the actual holistic, natural, and integrated movement is very evidence-based. And so when you look at the conventional out, I was born out of conventional training and it taught us to provide a critical eye to ask questions and out of those questions, follow the answers, try to do so with unbiased view and, you know, follow good clinical study design, good clinical outcomes, scientifically validated. So basically, when I got out into the medical world, I started to discover that, well, some of that's not holding true. And so as I started to make that transition, what I started to do was actually say, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to be in the science. I'm not just going to listen to a panel of experts. I'm not going to listen to some consensus who's, you know, who the members of the consensus are not identified. You know, I'm going to actually read the science and interpret that for myself. Is this a study that's well-designed? Is it not? And just take a passion to read it and know it and then see what is the best way to apply it. So in that basically dive, deep dive, I, I try to read three studies every day and I often read more than that. What it showed me is that really the holistic, natural and integrative approach is the evidence-based approach. The more I do this, the more I recognize that we need to be more natural, holistic, and integrative because it is the healing approach. It is the restoration of wellness approach. And again, that is ultimately what all patients with whatever name disease they have, because I mean, what is disease? It, it's just a name. It's a word. It okay. doesn't define the dysfunction. It's the restoration of function of healing that provides wellness, not the elimination of a disease of name. So it, it's following right. the evidence. Let me ask you this, because I feel like living in podcast world here, that this feels very normal. Like, And I've talked to multiple physicians who have come from conventional into this integrative space. It all feels, everyone's like, of course, this all makes sense. It's evidence-based. Like there's just this wisdom and this settle in, but there's still this whole other part of the world and community, even in medicine that feel like, they they can be judgy about it or they cannot believe that how do you approach this and i don't understand why we're still so far from understanding that that it is evidence based uh i think it's because there's ulterior motives there um which is not i think really what we want to open up and hash here um mm -hmm. it's bias we're all biased okay we all have to recognize that we're biased it's like, for example, um, on a, a social media, I was talking about vitamin C and somebody responded and they said, well, there's no evidence here. You haven't you haven't mentioned any evidence. In fact, I did. I led with studies in it. And and then I so I then responded and specifically said, well, what evidence are you wanting? Is it that vitamin C has been shown to augment chemotherapy? It's been shown to augment radiation, that it's been shown to improve quality of life, that itself is cytotoxic, that it augments immunotherapies, that it reduces cancer recurrence from surgery or metastasis with surgery. What evidence do you want? Because I'll be happy to show you all the evidence. So I think what happens is people approach every question with preconceived ideas and bias, the question there is, can they literally open their mind and just be open to the concept of an idea? But what science has become today 
is really more of a dogma rather than a practice of questions, answering, and observations and following that. It's become something to manage to control rather than something to actually inquire and follow. Such a good example. And thank you. Can we running with this? Like I loved your vitamin C example. What are other similarities like that, where if somebody comes into more of an integrative facility like yours with cancer, what are they seeing that's different within your facility than if they would just go into their oncology unit? Yeah. So I I often mention vitamin C because that's the flagship. So many people recognize that. And then it's kind of the, the pathway through to the door of other therapies. So, you know, one of many favorites that I have, of course, nutrition, it begins all of it. Um, and, and what happens in the gut with the gut microbiome is really all of it. So we try to customize probiotics and through dietary regimens to really influence that environment there to actually be a therapeutic effect in and of itself. But of course, we also do things like hyperthermia. And here I'm talking about real hyperthermia, which is actually mimicking a fever of your core temperature up to 105 degrees Fahrenheit. Of course, we use a, a form of low-dose chemo called IPT. Really interestingly enough, people go, wow, that seems a little contrary to what you're talking about. But interestingly enough, when you take that full-dose chemo, which just destroys the immune system, and you lower it down to a very low dose, it actually becomes what's called immunomodulatory, which means it modifies and actually stimulates the immune system within the tumor microenvironment that actually becomes a treatment against the cancer itself. Of course, curcumin, which has been so much talked about and so much maligned, but curcumin is an amazing, probably not a more broad, holistic, integrative cancer treatment than curcumin. And here we're not talking about oral curcumin. We're talking about intravenous curcumin, quercetin. And then I've become such a big, huge fan of melatonin. Uh, Melatonin is just incredibly broad in how it targets cancer, how it helps other cancer therapies work better. And it specifically, see, here's the great thing about this. It's not just that it's okay, it, it, it reduces cancer. We understand the mechanisms. There is a pathway in cancer that's upregulated. It's called indolamine-2,3-dioxygenase. And what happens is it takes this amino acid called tryptophan, and instead of converting it to melatonin, serotonin melatonin, it actually drives it another pathway called disorder tryptophan metabolism. And inflammation in the process of cancer is upregulating that process. Melatonin comes in there and inhibits that. So we understand not just the broad perspective of what these wonderful holistic natural and integrative therapies do, but we actually understand the specifics of it too. And again, it just allows the confirmation. And that's why when people go, well, where's the evidence? It's like, well, what evidence do you want? Because I got plenty to give you. Yeah. Yes. And so for like the common person going, okay, so you're talking, we would work more with supplements. We would work more with like different, you'd be taking different labs. You'd be looking outside of, you'd be looking whole body. Can you kind of go into that for a minute? That patient who does walk through your doors and where they're going, wow, you're investigating a lot more than what I'm used to. Yeah. So for example, you know, let's talk about breast cancer because it is obviously one of the leading cancers in the world. And Mm -hmm. uh, the majority of those would be what's called estrogen receptor, progesterone receptor positive or two negative. Um, So everybody looks and says, well, what about my estrogen levels? Well, I would ask this question. That's the front door. Okay. What about 
other pathways that estrogen can stimulate the cancer. See, when you look at estrogen, the way conventional medicine approaches hormones, and I always say this, and it, it, it genders a little bit of a laugh, but I think it hits home, is that the way hormones are addressed is that women are just an estrogen-fueled hot flash and men are just a testosterone-fueled erection. A little crude, but I think it comes across the point, is that that's the way it's presented, yet hormones are incredibly complex. There is hormone metabolism, and these metabolites from these parent estrogen compounds can actually be more carcinogenic than the parent compounds themselves. And then there's also cross-contamination, I mean, cross-signaling. So there is a testosterone metabolite called 3-alpha-androstandiol that can actually cross-communicate with estrogen receptors. So simply looking at a woman with breast cancer that has estrogen receptors expressed, you can't just look at the estrogen, you have to look at the entire environment. And then the question is, well, can estrogen stimulate breast cancer without that receptor? Absolutely can. It's called non-genomic signaling. So the concept has to be continually expanded as our understanding expands to really understand the full environment of what can trigger, stimulate, support, and help that cancer to survive and thrive. I would picture clients coming into your office feeling this wave of like hope that there's more, there's more that we can be doing. What are some of those words that come out of your patient's mouth to you that you go, I'm in the right spot. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, it's, it's, it's really interesting that you use that word hope because I tell patients that our job is to give you hope. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it is in any medical training that says, hey, your job is to diagnose somebody with cancer or whatever disease and tell them there's no hope. You know, tell them you have three months to live. You're terminal. It's like, well, last time I checked, you are too. So it's to give hope, but it's to give real hope. Okay. And it's to actually embody those words of what it means to be a physician and a teacher, healer and teacher. Interestingly enough, that word integrative comes from a Latin word meaning restore or remake whole. So mm. when, and, and I love to teach, I love to talk, as you can see, I have a passion for this. I want patients to actually take the reins of their wellness. The best answer to cancer is never get it. That's the best answer. And the work that you do in wellness, the work that you do in weight, healthy weight, that is the best way to take the reins and, and prevent cancer to the best of the ability. That's the best. So what, what I often hear from patients is, I'm where I'm supposed to be. This is where I wanted to be. And things like, I just saw a new patient um, yesterday. He said, oh, you couldn't turn me away. You couldn't turn me away. This is where I was called to come. So, you know, so for me, that that's confirmation, but it also provides um, great responsibility. Yeah. So the, these people come to our practice here at Brio Medical and they put their lives in our hands. Mm-hmm. And that is no small task. This right. is a partnership. And what I tell them is they're the quarterback, I'm the coach. We're going to walk this together. And um, te- you know, treating them like an individual, like a woman, a man, a mother, a father, sister, a brother, treating mm-hmm. them humane and human 
only that they have a disease. That's our ultimate goal as we work to heal them. And when we engage them like that, they feel like they have their humanity back because what cancer does, that diagnosis as well as others, it rips control away. It rips their humanity away. And now they just become a cog in the wheel. And what I tell them is they're not a cog in a wheel. They are our objective, are our focus. So that's just a few examples of how, uh, what, what patients would say and how we approach it. Yeah, no, I think those are wonderful examples. As you're saying, a brother or sister, I'm thinking like a Nathan, a Lindsay, you're treating everyone very individualized because they are, their circumstances are individualized. And I think that we really miss the boat with that as a medical community in general, like even from a weight management side, because I've done all of it. I've done surgical weight loss. I've done non-surgical I've done. And, and when you're working in a specific space, you're kind of saying the same thing to a lot of your clients. And I think that's where I started to go. I need to like gently step out of some of these because it it's individualized. You cannot lump some something over everyone who walks through your door. You just can't. And so I think the more that, like you said, we hand back that control to the patient and say, you actually know best. And I'm just here to support you in whatever way that I can is just a really beautiful part of this journey. I was thinking, you know, as you were giving this, this cancer example, I know that you don't live in this space, but like, what if that diabetic client patient walked through your doors and is used to just being handed medicine and handed kind of like a diet or whatever, can you give our listeners and you could go heart disease, whatever direction you feel like with this, but like, again, what is different about integrative versus walking through medical, regular medical doors? Well, remember the patients that the the individuals that happen to be patients that come through our doors, they may have that label of cancer, but so many of them have that label of heart disease, diabetes, you know, so th those often coexist because they're really underlying similar processes of metabolic dysfunction, immune dysfunction. So when you look at, let's take diabetes, for example, you know, when you look at the research dealing with what's called metabolic endotoxemia, which is essentially nothing more then systemic inflammation that comes out of the gut bacteria, whether that be imbalanced, you know, from diet, from antibiotics, or, or what have you. This metabolic endotoxemia drives systemic inflammation through lipopolysaccharide, and that in turn actually has been shown to be causing type 2 diabetes by causing insulin receptors not work well. So if, if a patient comes into our practice and they have type 2, to diabetes, which is different than type one, but let's take type two diabetes because it's more common. We're, we're going to really work aggressively in diet and in gut. We're going to evaluate the gut microbiome. We're going to work very in, specifically in targeted probiotics to restore the gut microbiome, to reduce that systemic inflammation, and also to improve sensitivity. And we'll do things through like with supplements. I mean, berberine, alpha-lipoic acid, all of these wonderful things, vitamin D, which restores insulin sensitivity, all of these supplements, coupling it with diet, are going to actually be working in metabolic dysfunction here like diabetes, but it's also going to help us in cancer. So it's, it's, it's really, it's the same. And that's why I said, you know, when you were talking about wellness versus cancer, it's like, yeah, but they're, they're intertwined because they're really opposite in the spectrum. So that, I mean, that's a way it relates to um, diabetes, you know, looking at cardiovascular disease, you know, you know, patients coming in with prostate cancer, you know, they're going to, they're going to be on um, drugs that, you know, take their testosterone to zero. 
And it's really interesting when you look at men on these androgen deprivation therapies, if they didn't have cardiovascular disease, they will. If they weren't overweight, they will become it. If they weren't a diabetic, they will. Um, and so what you have is you have a treatment there conventionally that will definitely turn that faucet off with that prostate cancer, but it is going to open the door for all kinds of other disease states. So you have to approach this through that integrative, holistic, natural, and wellness perspective because there's just such common threads to the mm -hmm. mechanisms and the dysfunction present. You know, I hope our listeners can hear, even without a medical ear, like mechanisms, things are all together. They're all working together. And when one area is not working well, it is affecting another area. It's happening. Um, I, I think something that worries me, just as a practitioner even, is that you can say this word microbiome, like no problem, right? You've been hearing about it. You've been practicing it for years, like the importance of a healthy gut microbiome. and from a dietitian standpoint, I really have only come on board and understood this the last, I'm going to call it like five years. So if the medical community is just now starting to understand this, it just worries me like we don't understand the importance of it. You know, like how how is this supposed to continue to get out to make sure that and what would be the next step if for everyone, like as you're talking about the importance, I'm on board. I hear you. What? Where do we guide our our friends, our family members to go? This is your next right step in understanding your body more. Well, I think that's why I say you know there's two aspects of what I embrace here is the healing part. That's the day to day. I love taking care of patients. I love being a doctor. I love seeing patients get well. I love the smile from patients as I walk down the hall and I ask them how they're doing. And they say, I feel great. I love mm -hmm. giving patients a hug and I love it when they give a hug back. There's nothing better than showing a patient that on imaging and lab, they have no evidence of disease. But at the same time, I love that. I know that I can only take care of so many patients in a day. The teaching part, the podcasting, the writing, these areas, I think, are so critical. And being involved in research, you know, being in the integrative world, I said, I like to read studies. I do. I'm just a geek like that. But I want, we want and we need to add to the research. We need to continue, continually ask questions and follow those answers. You know, we now know that there is a microbiome in the gut. We also know there's a microbiome in the tumor microenvironment, meaning there is a bacterial content that is within the environment around a tumor. So not only is our people, you know, coming on board with a microbiome, though there's there are still many in conventional medicine that I think are slow to that, as they come on board, the thoughts and the evidence continue to support and expand how we view that. Not only does is there a microbiome in the tumor microenvironment, but it communicates with the microbiome in the gut. So this process, it becomes more beautiful. And I actually had a I had a, a more expansive, more complex, and more beautiful when you look at it. I actually had a patient one time in my office said, Well, Dr. Goodyear, brevity is a soul of wit. And I said, Well, true, but I'm not trying to be witty. We're trying to be accurate and precise. And so complexity in that instance is okay. We just have to understand it and recognize it. So how do we expand on that? 
I think we we do what you're doing here. We're doing what I do in that other part of that healing, the teaching, because now what you do is you empower patients to take the reins of their control. You teach other doctors and practitioners to understand the data and actually start to ask more questions. And what happens is it just builds on itself. And that's a way you take it from just something that's small and you make it a movement that becomes something that changes the very practice of medicine. And that's what we're in the throes of right now. And I think only in retrospect are we going to be able to look back at that and see the massive changes that have come as a result of us being involved in this. And guess who's at the tip of the spear? It's the patients. They're demanding more. They're demanding better. And, and, and that's what's great. They're, they're, through that process, they're actually saying, I want control. I want a team, but I want to be the spear. I want to be the tip. I want to be the purpose. I want to be the leader. And and so that's you know it's teach it's speak, it's 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 help people understand. It's so good what you do. I literally I'm going to leave this episode going. Oh, I want to fight harder. I want to you know I I think we do need more people like you that can just send everyone off going. I want to research more. I want I want to know because I have more control than I ever thought I had. I would like for you for kind of just some tangible takeaways for our listeners. To walk us through just something pretty basic all the way to something that might be a little more outside of someone's comfort level. And my example like would be probably most of us could be on something as simple as a vitamin D all the way up to the individual who already thinks they might have gut issues, sensitivities. Should they be walking through another integrative person's door? You know, like, can you give us just a little bit of a guideline there that takes us from the individual who's like ready to dive in and then the person who's just barely putting a toe in the water. I think if somebody's just basically putting their toe in the water, you know, let's take nutrition, for example, because if I think those patients come in, I, I start talking to them about bacteria in the gut, you know, there, there's a complete disconnect. We're on different planets. So there it's helping them to understand that the very food we put in our mouth is really a language of communication with our genetic code. And so they recognize that if we feed the wrong type of gas into our car, so we, instead of putting, you know, we put in, you know, diesel in a non-diesel engine, what's going to happen to that car? It ain't going to work. But that extrapolation also applies to what we put in our our bodies so when we put in and people think of this well i injected this this drug in my body and of course i'm not surprised it destroys me but that's no different than putting food in our mouth so it's what kind of communication do we want to be do we want to have with our genetic code and what kind of expression do we want our genetic code to manifest that old saying junk in equals junk out you know, you give your body a bunch of Twinkies and Cokes. Don't be surprised if crap in equals, you know, crap out of your genetic code, not out mm-hmm. your bowels, but out of your genetic code. But if you give, if you look at food as a love language with your DNA, your genetic code, then that's where really where it starts to shine and it starts to take care of you. And and so that's how I would approach somebody that doesn't necessarily come with any type of background. 
Now, a lot of times we'll get these patients that come in and they're asking questions. I'm like, wow, that is a great question. <laughs> you know? So they, they will really dive into the mechanisms. And so with those patients, I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Let's go. Yeah. So let's have some fun. So it, it's, it's about understanding where every patient is coming from and helping them to continue that journey of really empowering their own health. That's really what it is. So that's that's an example. So we'll dive into mechanisms with people. You know, we'll talk about you know vitamin D dosing. We'll talk about you know vitamin A dosing. We'll talk about you know vitamin C dosing, plasma levels, blood levels, and how it penetrates the tumor microenvironment and all these kind of things. And I can do that with patients that come in that that want that. But if a patient yeah. comes in and they go, does vitamin C really help against cancer? How, how how does it do that? What what is vitamin C? So we have to recognize where they come in and help them to meet that. So that's the that's the process of how I can go about uh, in in basically embracing these patients wherever they're coming from. I love that your your answers exceed my expectations here. This is so good. What am I not asking you that I should be asking? I think you've asked very poignant questions. Um, I think, you know, when you look at what it means to be a physician and a doctor and what patients are after, it, it's the same thing. It is wellness. And what we need to do as practitioners, whatever form of practitioner and letters after your name are, it's mm -hmm. to help the patients be empowered to steer their own wellness to take control of their journey. It's not for us to get credit. It's for us to be a team that helps them, that puts them up the front to do that. And the evidence is there and the evidence will always be there and will continue to grow that the natural, holistic and integrative approach is the way to do that. Now, there will be forces that continue to align against it. Why? Ah, you're abutting a trillion dollar system. But, if it wasn't for the patient, there would be no need for a doctor, no need for a hospital, no need for a dietitian, a nutritionist, a physical therapist. It's about that patient. They are ultimate advocacy purpose, no other reason. And so if we keep our focus on them, um, you know, that's going to be where we, I think, restore medicine to what it actually is designed to do. Because medicine's gotten a little bit off track. Doesn't mean it doesn't do good things. I tell people, hey, you break a hip, you need to go surgically repair it. Come on now. Yes. Um, yeah. But we need to restore medicine to its purpose, which is the patient and it's the healing. So right. that's, that's it. Course correction. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I need you to brag on your clinic for a minute. Tell us where to find you. Give us the website, everything. Yeah, so our website is uh, brio-medical.com. We actually have all kinds of videos there. I said I like to teach. Um, so there's lots of videos on there, blog posts. Um, I actually have a personal brand coming out soon. It will be drgoodyear.com, drgoodyear.com. And we'll, we will be launching a podcast as a part of that because I absolutely love this medium. I love to teach and I love to empower patients. That's my bold mission. I have a dear friend, uh, that has a book coming out called Bold Mission. And this is my bold mission as as obviously this is for you as well. So Brio-Medical, uh, Brio you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on 
pretty much all the social media devices uh, and apps. And so, uh, yeah, we have an amazing clinic here. And these patients, I tell them, you come in as a patient and you leave family. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think we might need to have bold mission on direction, not perfection. Maybe give your friend a nudge. <laughs> yeah, her book comes out in February. It's going to be incredible. Okay. We'll be in we'll be in contact. And again, thank you for your time, your energy, your wisdom today. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for what you do and thank you for your listeners. Thank you for listening today. Whether you are working with me personally or just letting these podcasts speak into your life, I truly appreciate you trusting me on your journey, and I will always have some free materials waiting for you on my website at healthaccountabilitycoach.com. I have habit trackers, meal planning worksheets, blank calendars where you can track your daily successes. Come check it out and always feel free to reach out if you need any referrals, if you are seeking your own accountability, or if you just want to say hello and provide your beautiful insight and feedback. I appreciate your valuable time and listening ears. Thank you for joining me today. If this topic served any purpose for you, or you can picture that exact person who needed this, I'm always honored when you share the episode. We are making 2023 the year that we are going to pour motivation and inspiration onto others. I also always appreciate it when you leave a review on iTunes and rate the podcast. I send you off with all the praise and momentum you deserve for staying open-minded to new information, keeping an open mind to the idea that our journey will look different now, five years from now, slow and steady y'all it's not always instant gratification and not always that exciting but a much gentler and redeeming path that will serve you well throughout all the years and every season of life cheers to health and happiness